This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries. 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Want to publicly thank Halt and Honda for kindly, graciously getting behind me, believing in me and sponsoring my program. Want to thank our friends over at the C-Suite Radio Network for kindly partnering with me. My host show page is up there too, where all the podcasts following this show can be uploaded and found. So once again, I am joined by yet another phenomenal guest. Who is my guest today? Well, my guest is a woman by the name of Sheila A. Anderson. Sheila A. Anderson, CEO of Image Power Play, is not only a personal brand strategist and speaker, she is an image and impression management expert driven to empower corporate professionals across the globe in growing their strategic visibility. Her exceptional talent benefits executives at any level in polishing all facets of their brand, appearance, attire, behavior, body language, and more to power brand, aligned personal presence, and communication style. Personally drawn to the influence of impression management, Sheila has successfully cultivated her own unique style as a business owner, image consultant, personal brand strategist, and sought-after speaker. From professional modeling that includes runway, print, and TV commercial work to a career in brand management, Sheila draws from over two decades of experience when speaking and producing in the world of impression management. Sheila is a charter member of the C-Suite Network Advisors, an elite group of the most trusted advisors to C-level executives. She is the author of the book, ICU, Breathing Life into Your Personal Brand, launching December 2017. Sheila owns the registered trademark Return on Image. She is a member of the National Speakers Association. Community-focused, Sheila is a member of Cosmopolitan International, a service club that raises money for diabetes, education, and research. In 2013-2014, she proudly held the office as the organization's international president, being only the third woman since its inception in 1918 to hold this prestigious office. Prior to this, she held the office as the Vice President of Marketing for three years. She served on the Cosmopolitan Diabetes Foundation Board in 2015 and 2016. She currently serves on the Adult Advisory Board for the nonprofit Simon Says Give. Sheila was named first runner-up in the 2012 Mrs. South Dakota America Pageant and has mentored pageant contestants and served as a judge. We're going to get into a little bit of what Image Power Play believes in. I want to welcome you very much to the show here. How are you doing, Sheila? 
Good morning, or I guess I don't know what time it is for you, but I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. And I just want to say that this is such an honor and such a privilege because, of course, we've had this booked and scheduled months in advance and uh, trying to finagle people's schedules and try to get it, you know, cohesively working and on the calendar is uh, quite tricky. So I want to say thank you so much for the gift of your time, Sheila. Absolutely. It's a pleasure, Lisa. So why don't we get right into Image Power Play? Because this is your brand. This is what you do. So maybe explain to the listeners a little bit about what this all is, what it means, what it represents, and what it can be for them personally should they choose to connect with you following our show. Image Power Play was born out of my frustration of putting myself together when I was younger mm-hmm. and and understanding that it's okay to be who you are and to be unique to who you are and creating a presence and a memorable presence out in the community and those that you interact with and in your workspace and in your personal space. So for me, it was always about what kind of power play can I create to become memorable? What can I do to become memorable in this very noisy space that we have right now? going on in the world. And again, for me, I, I created image power play as out of a frustration to my, out of myself. Like I couldn't find anybody to help me become who I really wanted to be. So I self-taught myself and then I formed image power play, this image consulting company to give leaders and emerging leaders a place that they can come to a safe place they can come to to really define who they are. And once we've defined who you are, then we create a consistent image of you physically online and in your community space. And then that really brings out how the values that you have and the goals that you have, and you bring that forward now to other people so they can experience you. Fantastic. So, you know, who are some of your intangible mentors growing up? Who was it that you gravitated towards? Like, were you always gravitating towards fashion industry, people who stood out, people who are a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of image? Absolutely. And it's interesting that one of the one of the ladies that had the most impact on me, you would think would be a movie star or something, but it was my, it was a, my grandma and my, I loved my grandma because she was, uh, she was amazing and she was an entrepreneur in her time. Wow. And she also was, she was very stylish and I loved anytime we would go visit her. I remember distinctly and my mom's like, okay, comb your hair, make sure you look good for grandma. <laughs> and <laughs> we probably all had to do that, right? <laughs> Uh, so we would go there and it, every time we would go out someplace, she would put on, uh, she always had a collection of hats and I was always fascinated by her collection of hats. And so she always would put on a real fussy hat and she would put on these little gloves and she had a, always a nice little handbag and she had a, 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 this, a mink coat that my grandpa had bought her and she wore that like with everything. I don't care if she was in her Sunday best or <laughs> if she, we were just going to go out for a quick lunch somewhere. Like mm-hmm. she always dressed 
very nicely. And I, I always admired that. I also, when I was, when I was younger, I would just spend hours devouring and looking at fashion magazines mm-hmm. to, to the point where I would cut out pictures of looks that I liked mm-hmm. or styles and I started hanging them on my wall and it kind of became this a whole wall of almost looked like wallpaper by the time I was done. And it inspired me. Uh, in many ways, I was very creative and it, it inspired me to spend hours in my closet putting outfits together. And Super. so I think, yeah, so I think well, my, my grandma inspired me the most. Well, you were obviously ahead of the curve because before really actually knowing what it was, that's a, that's a 3D visionary board that you put together, a fashion 3D visionary board. Uh, so that all kind of came to fruition for you. Right. Fantastic. Well, and what I love about talking to intelligent women such as yourself, particularly people who are in the fashion industry, particularly people who, you know, are paying attention to the externals and the aesthetics and making sure that everything is put together just so, um, you know, it's people sometimes have this misconception. They think that for people who perhaps are attracted or immersed in the world of anything external, sometimes people make the presumption, unfairly so, that it's superficial. And yet what I love about you and why it was important to plug your bio, Sheila, is because you are a super-duper intelligent woman. And you take something that you're highly passionate about and you make it work for you and in turn you make it work for your clients which really ups their self-esteem, ups their business, ups their clients, ups everything. And so maybe we can talk a little bit about that because I have had professional models showcased on the show who have been on the international stage. And it's always interesting to get each individual person's uh, perception and take on that in speaking with them about the same subject. So what would you say to kind of demystify or debunk some of that stereotyping? I I believe, you know, our society says a model should look like a certain a certain size and have a certain look. Mm-hmm. And we all judge people whether we like to admit it or not. And that is reality. I wish it wasn't true, but that's mm-hmm. that is our reality. So that that does happen. So anybody says that, well, I really don't judge anybody. You do judge people. Mm-hmm. You you judge a house. Even when you drive by it to see if, if it's some, if you're looking for a house for sale and you drive by it, you look, well, do I even want to go in or take a look at that? So I always say, like, do you have curb appeal? Right. Like you have to have the same, you have to have the same curb appeal. Like you want to be able to look at a person or look at this house and say, oh, it's attractive to me. Um, I like how it's put together. It looks clean. It looks neat. I want to go inside. And the mm-hmm. same, the same thing holds true for people. If you're pleasing to me, to and everybody has a certain aspect of what they find pleasing, mm-hmm. if you're pleasing to me, do I want to open you up? Do I want to know what's inside? So in the world of modeling, you do have a, a stereotype that's really tough. Now, I went to modeling school. I came to my husband when I was 39 years old. I'm 50 right now. Just had my 50th birthday in May. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> and so when I was 39, I went to my husband and I said, I want to go to modeling school. And he was like, what? 
<laughs> he thought this was the signs of a midlife crisis, did he? Right. I said, like, is this a midlife crisis? I'm like, well, I could ask for a sports car. And which is kind of funny because I, I, I'm a kind of a car chick. I love cars, love, love, love cars. But anyway, uh-huh. so we, we, we had this discussion. I said, I want to go to modeling school. He's like, okay, why do you want to go to modeling school? And I said, I want to learn how to present myself in a way that that's who I am. That's appropriate. That gives me uh, a presence. And I want to learn how to conduct myself and command a room. And I also mm-hmm. wanted to gain self-esteem. We, mm-hmm. I mean, we all are trying to grow self-esteem. I've always had a weight issue my entire life. I've never been uber thin. And so part of me was like, I want to like crush this stereotype. Anybody should be able to be a model. And and that was one of the frustrations growing up. And another frustration for me and why I went into the image consulting field was I got so tired of, there was a time in my life when I was a plus size and I got so tired of going into these plus size stores and and looking at all this clothing and it's much better now mm-hmm. but looking at all this clothing and like I don't have to look matronly and so covered up like I should just love my body wherever it's at mhm yeah so so for me I I'm like I can go be a model I'm not a size 2 and I think I was like a size 14 when I went into modeling school mm-hmm. and I loved it and for me, it was like breaking that stereotype. Like, why can't I be a model? Like, why I don't have to be a certain look a certain way. I just wanted to be myself, and I wanted to have that beauty shine through. But it also helps me when I am on stages, especially when I am in a group of women. It's more. It's I can be relatable to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I've been there. I've been a size two X. I have been um, all across the board with my weight and I've had to learn to dress my body and look my best at whatever weight I was at and whatever weight I am at currently. Fantastic. Well, you said a few things that, uh, you know, I always get simultaneous thoughts coming to me and it's, it's a miracle if I can retain them all because I think they're all important points that I want to have you have, give you the opportunity to impress upon the listening audience, uh, here, Sheila. So, you know, one thing that you mentioned, you know, the size two, we know all the sizes and the, and the, um, the measurements that are typically, uh, congruent with the whole modeling industry. And we all know as well that a small percentage, and I don't know exactly what it is, that would be more your forte, you know, that that doesn't speak to the majority of the demographic. Um, you know, it's not healthy to look emaciated. It's not healthy to look anorexic or malnourished. So, um, you know, for people who are using that as a barometer of um, comparison, and again, we go back to compare yourself to you. You know, it's always important right. to be the best improved version of yourself every single day. That's where the real work is, and that's where the longevity of anything that's really, uh, you know, embodies substance or uh, depth. That's where that uh, originates from. So, you know, but I want to say as far as living for fearlessly and you being a good fit for that, uh, a good example of that, Sheila, you know, for you to kind of get out of your way, because for all the inner dialogue and the chatter and the nonsense that must have been going 
inside your brain, all the ways in which you are perhaps negatively communicating with yourself by saying, you know, I'm not happy with the way, you know, I, I have some goals, I have some things that I, I want to work on. And that's spawning and, and birthing into, you know, seeking out modeling at an age where most people would say, are you kidding me? You know, like, um, so I just want to commend you on that because that takes real self-empowerment. That takes obviously a real fierce commitment to working on yourself, you know, ridding yourself of those false beliefs and concepts that keep you stuck, keep you immobilized, keep you from uh, accentuating all the important things that you feel you have to offer the rest of the world. And as a result of stepping into it and taking massive action and taking uh, accountability, I mean, look at what you're doing now to empower other people, to advocate for other people, and to be the example to show people that any Thing is possible, whether they can relate to your specific story or not, or uh, your passion, whatever the case may be. So I just want to say thank you for living fearlessly. Well, thank you. It's I that is my whole intention with my life is to is to give people that permission to go out and be themselves and don't let society stifle you. Absolutely. Just, yeah. And so in, in terms of the, the clientele and, and who you're interfacing with, you know, what can you give us maybe some testimonials or some contrast of the before and after people who come to you because they know that this is your, um, you know, this is where you derive strength from. This is you're the expert in this industry. So, you know, for people who want to be mentored by you, for people who want to have a, you know, a, a so-called facelift with imaging, um, what are some of the unbelievable testimonials that speak to, wow, yeah, I'm really on the right path. I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing. So what I'm finding is a lot of the solopreneurs, like the people that are just going out on their own and starting their own business are trying to figure out, now how do I, as the owner of this business, present myself professionally and become a brand and also be a, you know, now I'm building my corporate brand. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm finding that more and more people are coming to me that are just starting a business mm. and they are trying to figure out uh, like how I need to go out and network. I need to become visible. I need to become memorable. <clears throat> and so there's one gentleman that actually was in a, seminar that I was doing in Minneapolis and he was in the, in the back row, didn't say a whole lot throughout the whole thing. And he contacted me afterwards Mm -hmm. and he said, you know, I'm a chief marketing officer of such and such a place. And I'm also starting a personal business. And he said, what you you hit a nerve in me. Like you made me realize it's, it's go time. I need to go out and build my business. I need to be intentional because I teach people to be intentional with who mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. to be intentional about how I'm presenting myself and be consistent in how I'm presenting myself because I'm all over the board right now. So he has, his business has just taken off and he's really taken to heart about being really intentional on who he is and how he's presenting himself. And he's become an amazing, amazing photographer, Mm. not only in the Minneapolis area, but he has joined forces with uh, a 
I don't know if you know who Peter Hurley is. He does some headshots, headshot photography, but he's like this rock star in New York City. And so this, this gentleman has teamed up with this Peter Hurley. So his, it's been amazing watching his business take off and all because he wasn't a client, but he sat in a seminar that I did. Wow. And he's like, I can't even thank you enough for what that did to me and what that spurred, what spurred on. I have another uh, gentleman that he is a radio show host and he, he still dresses up like behind his microphone mm-hmm. and he's, he's becomes really, and it makes him present himself better. So I've worked with him on some things and his listenership is just growing tremendously. So he, he's been really, really fun to watch. Uh, there's another, there's another lady that is starting her own company, just starting her own company right now. So we're working on, and I think it's so fun. I think that's so fun when people want to, become their own boss and start a company and I'm excited to watch her watch her grow and so she's starting to gain some traction and uh yeah that's been wonderful fantastic well good for you I mean that's a true testament to obviously the impact and the impression that you're making on the exact demographic that you're trying to interface with and make that genuine connection with so congratulations to you on a job well done Sheila thank you now in terms of this book i see you yes yes let's talk Yay. about that i'm very interested in books as you know so uh, let's hear about the book the inception of the journey of the book what some of your challenges were as an author and writing the book is of course once the book is tangibly done and it's you know on the market and it's available for purchasing people just think that these things come together and for certain people who already have garnered uh, a lifestyle of perceivable success. People think all these things just happen overnight and everything's a bullseye and everything is straight out of the gate. So I'd like to demystify some of that too for the listening audience because we have a lot of people in the personal development world and in the business world who are aspiring authors and are always looking to hear some realistic information and uh, testimonials and insights about people who I do bring on to the show who either are in the process of birthing a book, have successfully birthed a book, and they're in the launch uh, stage of it, um, to know what the real meat and potatoes are involved in the whole journey and the whole process of birthing a book. So let's talk about that, Sheila. Wonderful. I started researching doing a book about a year ago, mm-hmm. and I interviewed several publishers, and what I was finding, it was Twenty to thirty thousand dollars minimum for them to help you start to finish, to help you market it, and mm-hmm. then, you know, have a bestseller book. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I didn't have that cash. Thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> Honestly, I did not have thirty thousand dollars to do that. Right. And so I became. I was frustrated, and and I'm like, there has got to be a way to self-publish. So I researched. I I spent a lot of time on the internet researching how do you self-publish and watched several webinars. But what what really spurred it was at a C-suite conference in May. I met a gentleman by the name of Phil M. Jones. Mm-hmm. And he had a book that was, I think it's like 50 or 60 pages. And he said, he was talking to a couple other ladies and myself. And he said, this book, he goes, I have all these other books, but this smaller book is the one that makes me the most money. Hmm. And so, and I looked at that book and I went, 
And we, and the three of us looked at that book and said, well, we can do that. That's not so <laughs> insurmountable, right? 50 or 60 pages is not insurmountable. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't seem overwhelming. And so we said, let's the three of us commit to writing a book and having it done by November, December this year. Fantastic. What we did, accountability is the number one thing. I don't care if you have to just set it up with a family member or a best friend, but you need to check in once a week with somebody to say, this is where I'm at. These are my goals for this week. And you have to be held accountable. That was a big deal for me. That was a big deal for all three of us building our book. And there was times where we would miss, we would miss it and miss our goal for the, you know, that week. And mm-hmm. the other two would be like, well, why'd you miss it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you had to, you know, say why. The other thing is, <laughs> excuse me the shiny object syndrome, right? Where you get totally distracted. We all get distracted. And writing for me was not, is not a favorite thing, but I'm getting so much better. And now I'm finding that I actually enjoy it. One of the first things I had to do, like I would sit and look at that blank page and go, it's so scary, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and what and- I, had to do was I would sit and I would start just recording myself on my phone, just start Mm -hmm. talking into my phone. And then I would type out those thoughts afterwards. So then I wasn't so scared. The other thing was like, you cannot, when you're writing, you can't edit. You just sit and write down random thoughts that are coming into your brain. Mm -hmm. And then you back and form sentences later. So that was a hard thing for me to learn. And the other thing that I learned was, a gentleman told me this one time, like set your, set an alarm for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then that's all you do for those three until from the minute you set the alarm till the time it goes off, you just write, you just sit and write and write and write and write. Whatever comes into your brain, don't add it. Just write the whole time and, mm-hmm. and then you won't distract it. Well, I remember the first, you know, the first maybe month into this book, I'd set my alarm because I would get distracted. I would set my alarm and I was sure, like I was sure I maybe had, you know, that alarm was going to go off in probably like two or three minutes. And I would look over at my phone. I'd be like seven minutes into the 30 minutes. And I was like, no. <laughs> so there were, so what was helpful, super helpful was having somebody to be accountable to doing it as a team also setting aside time like scheduling it into your day mm-hmm. these are the i'm gonna write but and then always keep in a notebook with you or use your notes app on your phone if you get some thought write it down mm-hmm. and just have one notebook that you just have thoughts in um, because you just never know i mean typically when i'm driving i get like think of these major things and yeah to start talking into my phone. Okay. <laughs> to stop that thought. And then I look at, look at those thoughts later and then enter them into my manuscript. So that's the process that we went through. Uh-huh. Uh, we're still being, you know, defining, okay, now what do I do about a book cover and, and what's the layout look like and uh, those types of things. But I think the thing is just getting started. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Getting started. Because you know what? If you just get started, 
you're way ahead of anybody else that is, keeps talking about doing a book. So now you're, now you're in the process. And I don't, I mean, so what if it takes you two years to get it done? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well, there's yes. a, there's a few things I'm going to say to that. So, you know, everybody's got their own philosophy. Everybody's got their own kind of daily ritual for whatever it is that they endeavor to do. And, and of course, you have to micromanage yourself and you have to be very self-disciplined um, because writing is obviously it's one of the most individualistic things that can take place. It's you. It's the blank canvas. It's your thoughts. And it's whatever you choose to write about, which only you can write about, uh, given that it's your book, it's your project. So, uh, the few things that, that, uh, as a writer myself that I find, uh, also important to impart to the listeners is I have a, a little bit of a different philosophy. I don't use friends and family as my barometer, uh, of holding me accountable or, uh, responsible because I find, and, and that's not to diss family. It's, it's not to diss friends because of course they will always love you unconditionally in most cases. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I find they will they will allow they will allow you to make uh, excuses, you know. Sure. Yeah. Where I think, you know, if you can mentor, if you can get mentored by somebody and and always surround yourself with the people who you are aspiring to uh, accomplish what they have already successfully accomplished. These are the people that you need to align yourself with. People who have already shown the dedication, that they've already shown the success, that they've already shown the commitment to setting the intention and to, in fact, manifesting it. So I highly recommend whatever it is people are serious about, whatever people are passionate about, go get yourself a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I highly, highly recommend that. And the other thing that you said that I thought was interesting, too, we didn't really elaborate too much upon it. But once the book was done and you then had to decide upon, you know, visibly what it looked like for somebody who's an image expert, was that that must have been quite difficult for you. Okay, what did this book look like? Because you're right. It is the package. You want people to open you up. You want people to read what you're all about. Um, and so – and being very fastidious about detail and, and, you know, and knowing that once you put this out there, that's it. Unless you're going to do a, uh, you know, a new edition or something down the road, you're stuck with what you choose. So what was that process like for somebody who's as uh, particular about paying attention to detail and image as you, Sheila? It, it's very, it was very interesting and brought awareness to the fact that I couldn't do it myself I had to hire it out (laughs) which is a little like letting you know letting go uh control but but yeah interestingly enough a lot of people find that and for example I I have done I have a background in graphic design as well oh super and I I could not design my own logo I struggled Mm -hmm. with that so I had to hire it out because I had to have somebody that could step back and and be able to bring the approach to it that I couldn't because I was just in the weeds with it. And the same thing is holding true with the book cover and the layout. Now I have very specific ideas on what I, what I want it to feel like and what I want it to look like. And it's gotta be, it's gotta be modern. It has Mm -hmm. to speak a lot to my personal brand. So the gentleman that I hired to do it uh, knows me, knows me, knows me very well. And he's, I'm sure he's going to rock it. So awesome. But, but I, I couldn't do it myself. And there is, there is 
a pressure on me because I am an image consultant that, yeah. and a personal brand expert that it has to be like, it has to be amazing. Spot on. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It has to, it has to evoke my brand. And, and so, it, and so when do you get to see what it well, looks I have, like? I have a call next week. I'm, I'm, I cannot wait to see it. I'm hopefully in like two weeks. I Fantastic. Can, Yes. And are you going to give, are you going to give us teasers? I will. I, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. So we've kind of played with the, the subtitle breathing life into your personal brand. So what does mm-hmm. breathing life look like? You know, mm-hmm. so. Well, you said something there that I think is also important, important for the, uh, the listeners here because, you know, again, a lot of people are gravitating towards wishing to write a book or they feel that there's a big story within them. They just need to navigate the process and get started. So, you know, it is important to very much know what your skill set is and relinquish the ego. You know, you've got to be able to, you got to, sometimes you do have to give people the keys to your car to get the finished product or to meet your end goal, uh, your target so that you can actually say that you accomplished what you endeavored wanting to accomplish from start to finish. And so, yes, I mean, we can't wear all hats. We can't be experts at everything. And I think a lot of the self-awareness process and being successful with what you're endeavoring to do in terms of having the finished product and being proud of yourself for knowing that you saw it come to light is being able to go, okay, I've got this skill. I've got this skill. I'm actually going to be the one writing the book. But at the end of the day, if I, if I, and you do have graphics experience, but if it's too close to home, if you know, you can't be objective, if you know that sometimes people can see things in you that you perhaps can't see in yourself, hire people to help you get to where you need to go. That is so key and so important. And yes, that does mean relinquishing control. Um, but uh, I think most people who have done that have been very happy in the end th- with the fact that they, they did choose to do so. Right. And, and for me, I did not want to in any way cheapen my brand. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that I just, I thought if I did it myself, I, didn't know that I could do it to the level that I wanted it to be and objectively. So, and I didn't want to risk in any way to cheapen my brand. And I think about that all the time in in a lot of ways, like, is this going to cheapen my brand or is it going to be in alignment with my brand or even elevate my brand? So those are questions that are, that's always in the back of my mind when I'm getting dressed, when I'm picking out uh, even furniture, how I'm decorating my office and, and all that type of stuff all ties back to, you know, am I cheapening my brand? Am I elevating my brand? You know, so I'm always thinking about that. Well, and that's, that's also a very important point that you made there, Sheila, because a lot of it, it's infusing, it's energy, right? So, right. You know, if you, especially as a creative person, especially as somebody who, you know, can look at something and know how to put it all together, it's very important to emit that energy. You know, it's very important for people to know that you are congruent with what you say 
mm-hmm. and what you wear and how you look and how you speak and how you tie it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, and the more, the more aligned you are within your energy sphere, the more the right people show up, the more you produce exactly what you want to say in terms of content and it, and it resonating with exactly the right people that you're trying to connect with. So yeah, when you're talking about your workspace, when you're talking about the clothes that you choose to put on each day, knowing you're going to be interfacing with potential clients or just, I mean, and everything that comes out of your mouth, that's an advertisement into who you are. Our brand is us. So if you want people to take you seriously, you need to walk your talk and clearly you do because you are conscientious about that and you do make those concerted decisions every single day. So good for you, Sheila. Well, thank you. Yeah, you have to be a magnet. Like you have to decide what, what it is that you want to attract. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you attract that? And, and you're right. You have to be so intentional and so mindful of it. And it just, you have to think about what is it that how I want people to experience me. I always say what you're the chief experience officer of your personal brand. Love it. So every touch point that you have with individuals, whether it's visually or mm-hmm. it's, it's with them over the phone or it's an email, it's a text message, it's an online post. Mm-hmm. It's, it's leaving a voicemail or it's, you know, whatever touch point that is, it has to, say the same message and it has to be evoke like your values that you bring to them mm-hmm. and, and it has to be it has to be you and you mentioned something earlier about comparison like <clears throat> I believe all unhappiness comes from comparison we're always comparing ourselves to what other people are doing or and but Very we're not true. We're not them. We don't have the same strengths. We don't have the same gifts bestowed upon us. Mm-hmm. So we need to, and, and they're not us. And how, how amazing is that? Like nobody else is you. And, and you, and that's your power. Well, and the level, and the lovely thing about that, that sometimes it becomes an oversight when we are talking about the subject matter of comparison is, isn't it lovely to be able to compliment one another? You sure. know? And what better way to compliment one another by not being clones and uh, carbon mm-hmm. copies of each other? I mean, that gets stale, that gets old, that gets weathered very fast. And it's like when you, when you, and I see that, and as I'm sure you do too, in all pockets of the world, it's, you know, you, you get somebody who totally excels at whatever it is they do in terms of their messaging, their branding, uh, what people associate with them, whether it be because they're a vlogger, a blogger, a radio show host, a podcast, whether they're in the fashion industry, whatever the case may be, but they're on the stage, they shine and they resonate with thousands, perhaps millions and millions of people. And, you know, whether it be catchphrases or their jargon or things that are signature to them, people make the mistake of piggybacking off of that, thinking that's going to bring them instantaneous uh, similar type notoriety. And in fact, you're doing yourself a disservice because that is what makes that particular person unique. And yes, you know, it's hard to have an original thought. And yes, we're always trying to emulate the people that we respect and who are doing what we gravitate towards exceptionally well. But at the end of the day, you want people to really have buy-in to you. You want people to really see you for being the unique individual you do and understand your brand as being separate from other people. Then you got to figure out how am I packaging who I am that makes me separate from being a dime a dozen. Like you truly do. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah, we, I mean, we, we tend to, like you said, we try to, we find mentors or somebody that we want to be like, and we, and I did it myself. I mean, several years ago, I was taking a course and, and I started kind of changing the way I look and it became more, uh, more of a classic kind of look. So mm-hmm. there, it, there wasn't a lot of flair to it and I could feel it inside draining me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Like, I don't, you know, everybody wants to fit in, but you also need to stand out. Absolutely. In, in a beautiful way. Yeah. Right? I think in, in, your, I in think, your own way, but you can I feel think, that draining you. You can, you can totally feel that energy inside of you. If you put something on, that's not really who you are and, and you just feel that. And, and that comes across then in how you interact with people throughout the day. Right. Well, and, and my, my outlook, my take on the whole fitting in philosophy, it's, I, I just, I don't connect with that because one, I think it's disingenuous. Two, it's, you're not honoring yourself. Three, I don't think, I don't think you really know who you are if your end goal is to, uh, either fit in with people or perceivably be seen as fitting in with whatever the trend, whatever the culture, whatever the demographics. So I think, you know, once you figure out who you are, what your message is, what you will go to the wall for, what your non-negotiables are, uh, the consistency within that messaging shows up because that's, you're speaking exactly what you believe. And so there's no need to rehearse. There's no need to recite. And this is why I do everything unscripted because I, I say the same things over and over again because I fundamentally believe in them and, uh, right. and I think that's what people want to, to, to know. You know, it's not about everybody else's buzzwords or catchphrases or whatever the flavor of the month is for whatever people are posting on social media. Like, make it specific to who you are. And yeah, sticking out shows that you believe in yourself. Sticking out means that you've got yourself figured out. Uh, and it's not just for doing it for image's sake. But because you you know who you are, so therefore it's all packaged the way it speaks to the general public as well as honoring yourself. This is who I am. This is what I say. This is what I believe. You can believe me, buy into me, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm with myself 24-7, so I've got this down pat. I'm quite comfortable. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. You can't be a gift to everybody. Right. And And that's got to be okay. And I would rather have, I would rather have, a lot of clients I come across are, they won't take a risk. Like Mm -hmm. they have a hard time taking a risk. I said, I would rather have you take a risk and get it all wrong that day than Mm -hmm. not try anything at all and to feel stifled. Yes. Not being yourself. So I said, let's unstifle you. Let's have you take a risk and Let's just go for it. Beautiful. Fantastic. And so as somebody like yourself, Sheila, who, you know, is very much a visionary, for somebody who does have lofty goals, for somebody who is always committed to improving upon being the best version of themselves day in and day out, what's on the horizon for you? What else are you manifesting? What else do you see and project into the future, which is just a matter of you physically catching up to what's already out there in the universe? Wow, that, my book is a big deal, and yeah. then, that's 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 a really big deal for me. But I also have a vision of building Image Power Play into into a larger corporation that becomes a group of experts 
mm-hmm. in 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 the image field and it's not just what you wear. There's a lot of different experts that that it becomes this larger corporation that can help people and help corporations. I also believe corporations need to understand that they need to allow their employees and their staff to build those personal brands to help extend the reach of that corporate brand that only helps them. And I think a lot of corporations like, Oh no, so-and-so's on social media or, you know, they're, they're starting to build their personal brands and they're starting and and that a corporation wants to stifle them. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, no, these corporations, I would love to get into more corporations to have them understand that, Having those employees build off that personal brand only extends the reach and builds builds that corporate brand. Absolutely. Fantastic. And so have you actually uh, started having those dialogues with corporate? I, I have. I've had a couple. I'm still putting together what what that looks like. So how okay. how we can and what industries that I feel. So I'm doing some research now on what industries do I feel would be best to target for that. I mean, I think there's all, all sorts of industries, but I, but I want to be specific. I want to be able to go in with a complete vision and a package for whether it's uh, law firms or if it's financial or if it's mm-hmm. insurance or whatever it is and be really specific and go in there and start building out that corporate brand with personal brands. Fantastic. And so do you, have you given yourself like an ascribed timeline in which to do this? Because again, it goes back to what you said about being intentional. That, yeah, that's, that is my number one goal for 2018. Woohoo. That, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. Besides book promotion, it's, it's, let's, let's get this done in 18. So that is my goal. Wow. So it, isn't it nice to have wonderful things that excite you and get you out of bed every morning and get you not wanting to go to bed every night because you just can't wait to do it all over again. Like, isn't it nice to be jazzed up and have these things to look forward to in the midst of already doing these things day to day? It is. So I, I, I'm sure like you keep a list of this is what I want to accomplish. This is what I want to do. And, and I look, and I look at that list and I'm like, Oh my gosh, some of this seems so overwhelming and then I'm like, but isn't that exciting that I have something to reach for and something to shoot for and something that excites me and beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I love, I love seeing people on fire. I really, really do. I mean, the, the energy that that emits, it's so infectious and, and this planet is starving for more people to put that kind of energy out there because it is a domino effect. So being cognizant of time, Sheila, I mean, you know, the talk always goes much more quickly than what I would like. I mean, I could sit here and do this every single day, 24 hours a day. But, uh, you know, no, knowing that we're approaching the bottom of the hour, um, I just want to also insert, because the other thing that we share in common outside of being C-Suite sisters um, with the C-Suite network is we are also part of what's going on with Connie Fife. So she's yes. Another, yeah, so she's another C-Suite Swiss sister. Uh, wow, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> and, uh, and so, I mean, she's been very gracious in inviting me over onto her podcast. I've had her on to mine. I think we both interviewed each other twice and she's created this uh, again you know visionary idea women who dare counsel which we've both been uh, exclusively selected to be a part of so I'm really looking forward 
to more future contact with you, hopefully in the tangible sense, because it's hard to align traveling schedules. But knowing that we're still a part of this behind the scenes and getting traction and getting this off the ground and, and at Connie's leadership is fantastic because, I mean, she's got a stellar record for um, breaking all kinds of stereotypes and leading teams and, and whatnot. So couldn't be more grateful that you and I are a part of that with Connie. Uh, again, another extension of C-suite. But um, so before we we uh, head out here and say cheerio, what what would you like to impart as your last lingering words in terms of being, uh, you know, because what you say is leaving a lasting impression and you're all about image and congruency. So what would you like to say to the listeners today in terms of living fearlessly and being able to connect with you and knowing where to find you, Sheila? So the ability to go out into the world and bring your value to others is a gift unique to you. And you need to own that in every way. You have to be intentional about it. You have to be consistent and you have to be who you are authentically. And so you can connect with me on imagepowerplay.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can contact me that way. Fantastic. And when your do you have an actual date uh, specified for when your book is being released and where can people purchase? So it'll be available on Amazon and it will be also available on my website at imagepowerplay.com and the book launch is set for December 3rd in New York City. Ooh. Right before yeah. Christmas and the holidays. I mean, that's perfect. I know. I yeah. know. I'm excited. I'm, I'm I love it when you're excited. I love it when people get strategically smart with these things, too, because, I mean, you know, everybody loves literacy. Everybody loves books. Everybody loves empowerment, um, you know, for people who are always going, okay, what do I get this person for the holidays? Well, you know, most people that we associate with, they're in, it doesn't have to be the exact same industry, but they're in the industry of empowerment. They're entrepreneurs. They're people who are trying to get their message out there to the masses day in and day out. So I would really encourage people go get Sheila's book and connect with Sheila particularly if you are a a top executor if you're somebody who delivers if you're somebody who's interfacing with the public on a regular basis and you need to sharpen things up a little bit uh, and and get buy-in from people who you're looking to do business with then I would highly recommend that you connect with Sheila and of course once the podcast is done and it's uploaded for people who weren't able to join us on the live show here today I really encourage you to get out pen and paper take notes I always say that with all my guests that I'm gracious enough to have join me on radio and showcase take notes play it back stop it play it over again re-listen to these things over and over again because where do we learn new habits where do we learn new rituals and ways in which that are going to enrich our lives repetition 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 so make sure that you're sponging up the yummy stuff and getting rid of the stuff that no longer serves you truly i I highly recommend that so sheila i want to say thank you very much for the gift of your time i want to say what an honor and a privilege it is to be uh interwoven in all these wonderful tapestries of paths that we seem to be converging on uh i want to wish you well with everything and maybe down the road we have you back on radio and we talk about the follow-up of everything else that you're endeavoring to do that's uh helping to pay it forward and be of service to the masses okay thank you lisa i totally enjoyed my time with you and listeners 
Oh, thank you so much, Sheila. And to the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your day to join myself and my guest here, Sheila A. Anderson, on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I can be heard every Friday. I go live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 o'clock Eastern, here on the Contact Talk Radio Network. I want to thank Honda once again for partnering with me, Halton Honda specifically. I want to thank C-Suite for partnering with me with C-Suite Radio. And uh, I want to thank the 340,000 podcast subscribers who continue to love the content, love the guests, love everything that we're showcasing here. Again, all premised on living fearlessly. My job here is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. I want to encourage everybody to have a fantastic weekend. Looking forward to doing this all over again next Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Wishing you all my best, love and gratitude. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.